to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and as you probably know by now, I'm pregnant! (laughs) I made my own tiny theme park fan and cannot wait to bring them along on this wild ride. (laughs) Literally. Uh, As Adam, one of my wonderful Facebook foamily moderators and a few others have mentioned, it is a Shrek-Sember miracle, even if that's not how timing works, but we're going to take it. We're going to take it as a Shrek-Sember miracle. Now, I'm bringing this up not to... uh, I I was going to say gloat, but it's not not gloating. There's something that's like fun and show-offy about this. Uh, I wanted to bring it up because obviously it will be affecting Very Amusing's release schedule naturally as I will be going on maternity leave in the spring. It's also very weird to be your own boss and tell yourself you're going on maternity leave, but that's a that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Uh, the good news is that I will definitely be able to cover the new nighttime shows at Disneyland Resort, the opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and if they stick to that early 2023 date as promised, most likely give you all the advice you need for a successful day at Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood. The bad news... That Toontown reopening in early March ain't gonna happen, as well as Tron, for the most part, is likely going to be on the chopping block as well, since it is a flight away, and I don't think I will be ready in time to do that. Which, sidebar, breaks my heart, because I have not been on a roller coaster in so long. You cannot go on roller coasters during this, and it's very frustrating. (laughs) I've been very patient. But thankfully, I have been on that that vehicle. I have been on that ride many times in Shanghai and can answer questions and hopefully still maybe, depending on timing, depending on my life, bring you an episode on it, despite the fact that I likely will not be able to travel there for whenever the opening is. However, that does not mean I will be going completely silent for a handful of months. I am working on a tentative plan to finalize and kind of auto-publish mini episodes throughout the entirety of my leave so that you still get the theme park advice and silly shenanigans you've come to know and tolerate slash expect from Very Amusing without me just fully straight up ghosting you. There also, there might be an additional churros component to that, more focused on general advice and uh, what we would call in editorial industries evergreen stuff. So kind of like questions about tips and other other advice-based long-term things that aren't time-specific. Basically the type of stuff I can answer well in advance and won't mess up any of your travels. So stay tuned for that because I may be, I may be asking for churros calls about that soon so I can keep, keep the Q&As coming. Otherwise, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I just want to thank all of you so much for the patience and kindness you've already exhibited over the past few months, whether or not you knew it. Uh, We had to take more than a few more breaks than I would have preferred, uh, as you may have noticed over the past handful of months, some of which were for production and some of which were uh, directly related to me physically being extremely unwell. Just a little insight. I do not know how those podcast guides to Universal Orlando and Disney World and Disneyland got done. I don't I don't know how those got done. It was a fever dream. They're somehow out there and accurate and accurate, not inaccurate. They are accurate. Uh, and I should probably update them too, but that's a whole different thing. Um, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for bearing with me for any long breaks where I uh, I forsake you. I, I was without you and I, I missed you dearly. Hopefully I will still, just to loop back on last week, hopefully going to get one out for Universal Studios Hollywood at the start of the year. I know people have been hoping for Paris and Tokyo. I got a lot of feedback that people want a Tokyo guy. 
side. So I will do my best. Multiple people have reached out. So depending on how I'm feeling and how much I can get done in the next couple months, since, you know, this is a journey, I will do my best and try to get those to you ASAP. I think, I think that's it. Um, basically, it's been a wild ride. I'm going to do as much as I can before I'm gone for a bit and as much as I can to make sure you have a, have a little bit of podcast while I am away. We may have the first week or two of January off for like a mini winter break. Uh, honestly, just so I can learn uh, about birthing, <laughs> like truly, like where uh, I've been putting a lot of stuff off, and I gotta, I gotta put a pin in work for a minute to make sure I tackle that. But rest assured, very amusing is here to stay, and I will do my best to bring you as much very amusing as I can between now and then. And with that, uh, we will take a short break, and we will turn it over to this week's Shrek'sember specialty. Happy Shrek'sember! Welcome to Shrek's Adventure, the absolute most bizarre Shrek-themed tourist attraction you will ever experience. Shrek's Adventure, to set the scene, is located on London's South Bank in eyeshot of Big Ben, walking distance from Westminster Abbey, and a stroll along St. James's Park to Buckingham Palace. Or more specifically, in an absolutely glorious tourist trap complex with an aquarium, which seems pretty cool, the London Dungeon, described as a high-tech haunted house, which does not, and the famous London Eye, that massive 443-foot-tall Ferris wheel along the River Thames. When it opened in early 2015 to celebrate Shrek's 15-year anniversary, Blue Loop wrote, The all-new 75-minute Shrek's Adventure has taken a team of technicians, animators, model makers, artists, and set designers over two years to make, and features a 4D flying bus simulator, quote-unquote, ride, state-of-the-art special effects, and specially written DreamWorks scripts. If you've never heard of Shrek's Adventure before this, Let's just say you will never forget it after this episode. A lot of stories about it during its debut call it totally immersive, which I'd say is only really true because you're trapped in a seemingly underground space for the majority of your visit. A new-to-me website called Attractions Management wrote in 2015 that it's similar to that London Dungeon experience, but without the frights, which if you think about it, basically just makes it a Shrek-themed dungeon of questionable fun. So come along with me to Duloc by way of the UK as we travel through Shrek's adventure together. Over the course of this episode, we'll give you a play-by-play of everything one can experience in these swampy tunnels, but allow me to first set the scene. It's kind of like a pre-show for a ride where the ride never happens and ends up is just the pre-show. You'll move through different rooms and chambers and occasionally on a stationary bus as a story unfolds within the Shrek or more accurately DreamWorks universe. Knowing I'd be in London over the summer for a wedding, I made it my priority during our three days in the city to do this, much to my husband's extreme horror. There are many 
many things that most people do as families or on vacation that I, due to the nature of my work, tend to do alone or without children. And this was by far one of the strangest. I once lived in Mall of America for multiple days without leaving for a story a few years back and rode all the children's rides alone day after day. And while that one may take the cake, this one could be a close second. But I digress. Here at Shrek's Adventure, you're bound to experience a 90-minute something or other deep in the bowels of a London building. And if you're like, that's weird, I'm pretty interested in this stuff, I spend a lot of time online, but I've never seen photos of this or videos of it on TikTok. That would be because the security restrictions here are stronger than at customs in a foreign country. You cannot take photos, you cannot take video, and you surely cannot take audio, which uh, presents a unique problem. Now, you can imagine my surprise burning hours of this trip where I could be at a historical site or museum and Instead, roll up fresh from Los Angeles with a UK Groupon, an exceedingly patient husband, and a tripod in tow, ready to bring you all to the swamp along with me. And not recording something like this when I finally made it overseas to one of the final Shrek experiences I have not yet reported on firsthand for this podcast simply isn't gonna work for this annual Shrek-sember celebration. So... Will you hear audio in this week's episode? Yes. Was my entire visit secretly recorded on my phone in my pocket? Maybe. Am I a little fearful about having to pull this entire episode down if I get a cease and desist? Yeah, a little bit. But considering I tried for weeks to source a press contact for information about Shrek's adventure and could not find a single living soul with a pulse who represents this bizarre attraction, I'm chancing it. I'm going for it. Come for me, Rumpelstiltskin of Merlin PR. I dare you. I mean, I don't dare you. I don't want to have to go back and have Jeff recut this whole episode. But we're pushing forward like Shrek the Fourth's promise to give Shrek his old life back. When you arrived for your timed entry, don't miss the onion thrown out front, perfect for photo ops you will otherwise pay for inside. You will be parsed through in groups of about 20 or so people. And it's here, at the DreamWorks Tour's departure gate, past the green screen Shrek photos offered at a cost, that you will await your turn for a trip to far, far away. It's also here that an attendant, who I may just call the hardest working actor in the entirety of the UK, gathers the troops and readies you all for the journey ahead through Shrek's adventure. Does anybody have any waffles? Anybody? Anybody? If so, please place them in a clear plastic bag when we place at the entrance of Donkey's office and be dealt with at the earliest opportunity. Which is now. On behalf of DreamWorks Tours, we thank you for your cooperation and your waffles. So, now that we dealt with waffles, let's see what we have here with us today. Would you mind if I ask you a few security questions? Spectacular. After walking down a themed corridor towards the bus depot, you'll arrive in a pretty impressively large space. It must be some sort of old British building, I believe County Hall. I looked into it and I couldn't quite figure it out as a American. <laughs> but it's here where you will prepare to leave as Donkey, the new driver of our double-decker bus tour, powered by magic and music, informs the group that 
we are fresh out of magic. Thankfully, we were able to power up the bus by way of a much more sustainable and cheaper option to fuel. Truly. Okay. Hey, Vincent. No, it's Penelope. I've got good news and bad news. Well, what's the good news? I'm your new driver. That's good news. What's the bad news? Uh, we're fresh out of magic. Dear, that is bad news. Uh, well, and that concludes your far, far away bus tour. Donkey, Donkey. Uh, I think Donkey's forgotten we're a magical bus tour, and our bus is running the magic and music. So if our guests help us, we can get this tour back on the road. Do you believe we can start our bus? Yeah. Well, do you? Yeah. yeah. The magic we need can be generated by dancing to Smash Mouth's hit song, I'm a Believer. Honestly, perfect story beat. Now, I want to interject up here that, yes, I am going to poke fun at this weird walk-through tunnel-like experience, but from everything I've seen and read in reviews and first-person write-ups and things like that, kids do enjoy this. Kids love it. But for me, as someone who has such a reverence for themed entertainment, there have been few times in my life where my husband has turned to me and given me a look like, I can't believe you put me in this situation. And being this deep in the bowels of London, listening to a spiel from a tour guide who incessantly says the word spectacular, playing a game of donkey says to wait for our turn to do kind of nothing, was a questionably low point of the experience. But I will say, it does get better from here. And again, I love Shrek, but it needs to be mentioned that while it's called Shrek's Adventure, only one of those words really rings true. You'll go on an adventure. Oh, yes, you will. But will you see Shrek? We'll get into that. <laughs> Let me say, uh, I have to shout out the actors because I have never seen actors work so hard. They were committed to their craft. The enthusiasm, the dedication, the talent. Truly, the script for this experience is pretty good. The experience is interactive. They do what they have to do, but boy, oh boy, is it something. We soon board the bus, which is essentially a fixed vehicle with a video on a rounded screen, just kind of stretched around it to give the illusion that you're going somewhere. With 3D glasses on, we flew over the River Thames, as announced by a Cameron Diaz sound alike. There were plentiful DreamWorks Easter eggs. Oh, and we ran over and murdered Rumpelstiltskin's favorite witch, which was deeply grim and more integral to the plot than I thought it would be. He fully scolds us for killing her. I. We eventually disembark knowing that Rumpy's got it out for us now, and I believe we crash land. I can't prove it because, again, hard to find footage, but I think that is the main issue once we exit the bus. Unsure of how we'll ever find Shrek or make it home, we proceed to meet Cinderella, the DreamWorks version of Cinderella, which I gotta tell you before we listen to some of the audio, who is pretty perfect. She's heartbroken, on the lookout for a new guy, and having heard that we ran over Rumpy's favorite witch, willing and able to help. Woe is me. You see, Mr. Prince Charming and I broke up. Things may look like they haven't been going quite to plan. But you know what? Hashtag grass is greener. Though, my very godmother told me I'm obsessed with getting likes as a celebrity influencer. And I can't get my name out my phone. According to Google Maps, there's a fortune teller 
beyond the forest, they'll definitely be able to help you. Oh, well, it says here they require a small payment in gold. Good news! I know where Shrek may keep a small sack of it. Slightly worse news. It may be at the bottom of this thing. Reach right down in there. <laughs> baby that gold was at the bottom of an outhouse toilet which i'm not gonna lie i find to be a little bit charming it's very much within the vein of shrek now this whole experience lives or dies on audience participation but thankfully as each scene progressed they proved that they have mastered the old put a member of the family in a goofy position type of scenario and some of the interactions were actually pretty funny the next stop was a fortune teller with a big glass orb that Shrek appears in. Shrek shows up our first glimpse at the Olo Ogre. Here's how that went. Shrek! Excellent timing. I have a room full of TikTok wannabes and a bit of a pickle. They killed the witch. Huh? That's what I call a good start. Yeah, it wasn't any old witch though, was it? It was Rumpel's favorite witch. Griselda! Okay, now that could be trouble. Trouble, you big green lummox! I just finished trying with the prenup when my future wife became my late wife. Now, these people will pay with their lives! And any ancillary lawyer's fees. The rest of Shrek's adventure kind of plays out like this. You find a new motivation to move from room to room. There are live actors in each of these scenes, which essentially take you through different fairy tale character scenarios and, at times, settings of the film. One highlight was visiting the Poison Apple, where villains are known to hang out in the world of Shrek, followed by the Duloc Torture Chamber with an interactive game that was honestly pretty good. Welcome to the Poison Apple, Bob. The name's Doris, but you can call me Doris. I'm the more attractive stepsister of Cinderella. Magic portal opening spell. Now listen in, folks, you're all gonna need the essence of Ogre. The conscience of a boy! Oh, uh, well, uh, good luck trying to find this one. The hair of a hero. Did someone say hero? Yeah. Am I to understand? You are in need of my very valuable services. You need someone fast. Someone fearless. Someone furry. Yes, it is I. Puss in boots. I just want to chime in to kind of set the scene. There is no Puss in Boots audio animatronic. There is no in-person tangible character. It's really just audio and visual. And the same thing happens in the Duloc torture chamber in the next room, except that, you know, a character like Magic Mirror, that's easily experienced through audio and visual. But we did get to see Pinocchio, which was fun. But just to kind of drive the point home, when you hear Shrek, when you hear these familiar characters, Shrek is not really in the room. It's all a bit of a tease leading up towards the end. Good evening and welcome to Wheel of Torture. <laughs> Where it's not the prizes you win, but the torture you avoid. And speaking of victim, let's all give a big hand to the little wooden boy who wants to be real, Pinocchio. Oh, boy. This sounds like fun. You do 
save you. You can't let them escape. My people will go free. Send them through Rumpelstiltskin's maze of insanity. That's the quickest way to the Muffin Man. Cross my heart and hope you die. Welcome to Rumpelstiltskin's mere maze of insanity. When getting in is easy, it's finding your way out. It's gonna drive you crazy. Let me just say the mirror was not exaggerating. I read online after we went that you run into holograms of Shrek and Donkey in here, but we most certainly did not do that, or I have blocked it out for trauma's sake, because you, you, we kind of really got trapped in there. Our whole group was in this line, because again, this thing is a tunnel. This is a small space. And we went from a small space to a mirror maze in a small space. No one could get out to the point where our group in a line had to basically back up and work our way through together to try to like snake our way out. And nothing. We could not get out. And because I had audio of this, I was able to kind of tell that we were in there for maybe five, six minutes, and no one could find an exit. I think because there is no exit. I think you have to wait for a character to come through and open a door. And it took way too long. If I was claustrophobic, I would not have liked this. But even as someone who's COVID conscious, I think I wore two N95 masks while in this deeply, deeply, deeply indoor space. And I got through. I, I exited safely. It was worth it. But still, we 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 were in a mirror maze and we could not find our way out. <laughs> it, it was wild. It was wild. I honestly, um, I don't know how a fire code hasn't shut that down. <laughs> okay, moving on. Oh, here you are. You're doing great. But now we need to cook up your magic portal spell. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The lives on Jury Lane. Yes, they need to see the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. Donkey. We don't have time for that again. You'll be in good hands with the Muffin Man. Fresh You, my friend, come here. Will you hold the essence of Oge for me? Yes. There we go. Let us all say essence of Oge. Essence of Shrek's adventure, but it could not have happened more quickly. I've had run-ins with celebrities that felt luxurious compared to the speed with which you meet Shrek at the end of this. It was the most terrifyingly efficient and soulless meet and greet I've ever experienced in my life. Shrek's adventure is a bit like, I don't know, like the Wizard of Oz. You hear about him, you're in his presence, but you never really see him until the end. 
And here's the funny thing. Shrek wasn't even looking in the camera when we took our photo, which I was pretty offended by after spending 90 minutes looking forward to hugging him. But I read about a half dozen bloggers who wrote about doing the experience with their kids, and I looked at their photos, and he's not looking into the camera in theirs either. And I thought it was weird that he's just, he looks like he is on another planet. But then I went to the official website, and he's not even looking into the camera in that one as well. So I don't know if Shrek here in London is jet lagged or needs to be taken back to the swamp or what, but it's extremely funny that it's the same issue among them all. Literally just like waving high in a photo with a family of five staring somewhere completely different than him. Either way, all said and done, I'm I'm glad I did it, but it does leave a bit to the imagination. The acting was superb, truly very talented. The participation was fun. They got everyone involved at one time or another, which I appreciated. And the story was great. But uh, listen, I'm going to need to see Shrek in the flesh more if I'm forking out up to 40 pounds or 50 American dollars per person for this experience. And that's the top level base fee. You can find coupons online, which I did. You can pay in advance and get it a little cheaper, but you're also going to probably get tricked into buying some of the professional photos, including the last one with Shrek, which I was happy to and would have purchased had it not been so bad. Ben thankfully snapped an iPhone pic, so I at least have that memory. But there was one last wound that Swamp Salt got rubbed in. There is a gift shop at the exit, and the merchandise is is fine. It's not, I thought there was going to be something there, some treasure that I'd never seen before. And I already own some merchandise from Shrek's Adventure, thanks to a friend on the inside. But I saw kids on the tour wearing these little Shrek ears, you know, like Mickey ears, but they were just little Shrek ears. If you've seen any of the, the two little Shrek ears that people have been plugging into Crocs as little gibbets to make it look like your Croc is a little, like your shoe is a little Shrek. They had those, but they were like, ear, like plush ears. And I was so excited to buy them on the way out and wear them all month long for Shrek's Ember. Except that it ends up you cannot get them unless you buy a specific entry package. I'm on the website right now and a standard ticket uh, online starts at 24 pounds per adult on the day of is 30. If you buy an anytime ticket day of, that could be 40. The entry with character ears is 32 pounds, which isn't that much more than the actual ticket. Had I known, I would have bought it. But it ends up that unless you buy that specific entry ticket with the Shrek ears, you literally cannot get the Shrek ears. An employee at the gift shop crushed my dreams without realizing it when they explained it to me. And my husband even was like, we can buy another ticket so you can get the ears. And I was like, I can't, I can't in good conscience, have lived through that tunnel of whatever it was, and then go buy another ticket that will go unused. So sadly, maybe one day I will return for the ears if they update or change the experience at all, or if I just really got to get my hands on those ears. But otherwise, that is Shrek's adventure, or how I tapped a little Shrek-sember magic into my summer vacation to the UK. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, let me know. The one thing I want to let you know, in case you are curious about doing this while in London, is that 
you bafflingly cannot bring a stroller with on this experience. And some of the reviews I've read, uh, the parents were not happy about it, that they had to carry their heavy children the entire time. Because there's no, there's really not much sitting. You'll sit for a few minutes. It's mostly standing. So keep that in mind. If you have any other questions, give me a ring on the Churros hotline. Otherwise, happy shrek from old me in the UK to now. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Hey Carly, it's Laura Ann from South Carolina. I did have a quick question. I thought that you had mentioned this before, but you might not have. I'm coming to Disneyland next February for my first, like, real full Disneyland trip. I'm so excited. I do have one day, I think, where I'm not going to be in the park. And so I was wondering if you had any recommendations. I was considering doing a studio tour, if those are even still a thing. I don't know. But since you live there and are familiar with all of that, I was wondering if you had any recommendations. Thanks. Fantastic question. So yes, studio tours are absolutely still a thing. And honestly, I really enjoy them. I really, really do. Even though I now live in LA and everyone here weirdly treats movie making like it's some sort of cottage industry, like it's no big deal. It's just everyone does it. It is still wild to me that so much of this stuff that we consume all the time happens in one big clump in LA and that they actually let people come in and see how it's done. Now, if you're going to do a studio tour, there are a few of them, but I'm going to recommend Warner Brothers. I have not yet done Paramount or Sony or I feel like there's one, I feel like there's one other one which I haven't done, but I, I haven't done those, but I have done the Warner Brothers tour multiple times. I mean, I should do the other ones for the sake of research, but uh, that's next year's problem. Anyway, um, I've done it multiple times, but on top of that, 
the WB lot recently rehauled their entire tour experience, and it's now more formalized in a good way. Before, you would kind of check into this weird office building, and there was no parking. It was a little odd. But now they have a fully standalone welcome structure and parking, which, again, I'm clearly showing my L.A. (laughs) And it starts with a kind of mini museum exhibition that's split into chunks. And uh, there's one that has superhero costumes and vehicles and a Harry Potter area with a sorting hat. But on top of all that, you still get the full physical lot tour experience. There's also a secondary museum-like interactive experience with set pieces from Friends and the Big Bang Theory and so much stuff. I think they still let you hold an Oscar, which is kind of heavy, shockingly. But it really kind of borderlines. It's it's doing more than that Academy Museum. Let's just say that. Uh, while also being exactly where they filmed everything. So it has this cool layer to it. So I I reached out to WB because I feared that due to COVID, they wouldn't let you off the tram anymore, but they still do, which I'm thrilled about because depending on, basically the tour is always flexible, depending on what's filming that day, what's open, what's available. You can walk inside sound stages and see sets of television shows. You can sit in the audience of a show when it's not taping just to see what that's like. It's very, very cool. And I've gotten to see such cool stuff while going on different tours. And every single time it's been different. I've never done the same thing twice. They also, on top of letting you get off the tram, they drive you through the active lot from place to place. And this is a This is a real film studio. My best friend used to work on the lot here, and so I would visit her all the time, which is why I feel such a kinship towards it, I think, because these vehicles are truly zipping past everyone who works here, actors and crew alike, anyone going from the soundstage to go to the, I think they also call it a commissary there, to go to like grab food, things like that. You will see people just milling about. And on tours specifically, I once saw... uh, a monkey, like a monkey that, you know, like a show monkey who was supposed to be was between uh, between takes on a TV show, just like a monkey and its handler outside, which is very exciting. And I also saw a young actress on a television show that is like for teens, like a teen TV show, smoking a cigarette outside her trailer, which was uh, felt like wasn't supposed to see that. And it was thrilling. You will. I mean, you probably won't see that because the odds are slim, but I hope you do see a monkey. But you see what I mean. There's a lot of stuff to see, not beyond the museum parts, beyond the actual set parts, just the day-to-day living of people making television and making movies on set, which is why I recommend this one so wholeheartedly. If you are a Gilmore Girls fan, that set is here. It's like an exterior set. Um, is it Stars Hollow? Honestly, I've never seen the show. Don't yell at me. Don't yell at me. I haven't. I've seen like two episodes. I believe it's called Stars Hollow. Now I'm terrified I'm going to get that wrong. But you, if it's open, they typically will drive you through it, but it's often being used for filming. So you can't guarantee that you'll see it. But if it's open and it's not being used for filming, you usually will be able to see some of that. Just a heads up. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention, there are different kinds of tours, but the difference really comes down to how long the guided tour portion is. Everyone's going to get to do the museum stuff. Everyone's going to get to see those exhibits. But the regular studio tour, which is the base model, I think it's solid. I think that's the one I'd, I'd tell you to book. You get about one hour of guided tour time on the trams to see the back lots and sets and things. And then Studio Tour Plus has about two hours of guided time. And the deluxe tour has three hours of guided time. Three hours is a lot. That's a lot of time. You're seeing a lot of sets. So because you have another vacation going on, I I don't think that's the right fit for you for this one. Uh, the upper two tiers also include dining, whatever, whatever. But everyone does visit this little like makeshift central perk cafe. They now like built out an area. So it feels like you're kind of there. But the most important part 
is that you can get like a cappuccino or an iced latte and a to-go cup and it's branded Central Perk, which makes it feel like Friends is in real life. It's really fun. I may or may not have used to walk over there to get that specifically <laughs> because I wanted to bring it home and be like, mm, I just went for Friends coffee. No big deal. Yeah, I spent way too much time on this lot when I worked there. <laughs> Um, I think that is it. Let me know if you have any more questions. There is a possibility I might do a standalone episode about studio tours because I am actually asked about this a lot and I probably should get to the Paramount one and the Sony one. But this one again is my favorite. The one thing I want to flag before I, uh, before I stop breathlessly talking about a studio tour is that you just want to be mindful of traffic. It can take up to two hours between Disneyland Resort and here. It doesn't always. Uh, it's usually probably going to be between an hour 10 and an hour 30. But just prepare because there it, it can it can be bad. It can be bad. And I wish you the best. And I hope it isn't. Uh, have so much fun on your trip. And I hope you enjoy Warner Brothers. Hi, Carly. My name is Michelle. I'm calling in from Washington, D.C., um, I've seen a lot of internet discourse about what movies could be made with Muppets and how those movies would be cast. I'd love to know if you have any thoughts on that. But my main question is, if you could cast the actual Muppets as people, who are the human or actor equivalents of the Muppets? So, for example, me and my friends thought that Miss Piggy could be Jennifer Coolidge or Chris Jenner. Uh, love the podcast. Thank you so much. This is such a good question and one I've actually never thought about before. Everyone online is usually like, what would we cast the Muppets in? And not what people we would cast as live action Muppets, which also live action stuff kind of blows my brain usually. Like the fact that in the new Little Mermaid film that uh, like the the sea creatures are going to look like sea creatures and not cartoon fish and cartoon lobsters and things, which I, I will get through it, but it's just very confusing to my pea-sized brain. But this question really, really opens a door to the possibilities of the Muppet franchises. I I thought of some stuff. It's not very good. It's not very good. But here's here's what I'm thinking. So you are spot on that Jennifer Coolidge is so fun for Miss Piggy. But I do feel like Miss Piggy needs more bravado since Miss Piggy is kind of unabashedly like a like a Muppet version of a famed diva in this kind of Mariah Carey way. You know, Miss Piggy's the cream of the crop. She knows it. We know it. Everyone knows it. Just exuding boatloads of confidence. So after thinking about it, honestly... I think Z-Way would do a killer job playing Miss Piggy. I don't know. I just feel like Z-Way would nail the character. I I can't think of anyone else who would do it better than her. So I'm, I'm sticking with Z-Way for Miss Piggy all the way. For Kermit, I cannot help myself. I'm just going to stunt cast friend of the podcast, Andrew Barth Feldman. I think he would be so good as Kermit, wouldn't he? Wouldn't it be adorable? Um, Rolf? Rolf gives me... Seth Rogen vibes. I don't know why. I just can't shake that Rolf simply has to be Seth Rogen. And Fozzie Bear, I got a little hung up for a second, and then I realized Randall Park would be so good as Fozzie Bear. I mean, just think about it. Just uh, an absolutely perfect fit. I also love Randall Park, so the uh, idea to stunt cast him in anything would be a dream. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of lost on the rest. I I can't place someone for Gonzo or Rizzo or even Animal. I mean, I got like maybe Kate Hudson is Janice. But if you have any ideas, because I know we got a big old Muppety fan base out there, call them in, text them in. I'm all ears because this is such a fun question and I want to know what y'all think. Oh, 
Thank you for calling. That's our show! Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you, I don't know, to London for having the most bizarre attraction just sit and plop in the center of its city. It's the season for giving, so why not give Very Amusing a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And hey, while you're there, uh, be sure to subscribe and follow so you stay up to date on every new episode of Shrek's Ember and beyond. You can give us a call morning, noon, or night at 747churros. You can text us a voice note to 747churros or email it to 747churros at gmail.com. And if you want to let other people know that Shrek'sember is the most magical time of the year, visit very-amusing.com for Shrek'sember hats, as well as other very amusing merch like kids' tees and adult clothing and more. I, I, I got to re-up some stuff because I think we're starting to sell out, but... For now, we have plenty of items. Follow me at Carly Wiesel on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or join the family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited stupendously by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, honey, it's Mom. Shrek Sembers here. I had no idea about a Shrek raid. This is very cool, and I would absolutely go to one. Um, Cash said he started the Shrek rave from a birthday party, and now it's nationwide. That is so amazing. And I'm thinking with your birthday next year, maybe we can do a Shrek rave birthday for you next year. It would be so much fun. But I would need Cash's phone number, and I don't think he's going to provide that. So I did like the flyers, though. It's dumb, have fun, genius. Like, who wouldn't remember that? But Cash is a very happy guy. He sounds like a great guy. Best laugh, best attitude. Really fun podcast this week. Very cute. I love Shrek, but the news you posted on Instagram this week almost broke the Internet. Best news ever, Disney content or not. Grandma is bursting with excitement. There is a this, there is a whole story of how I found out, but I'm not going to leave it here because people have been asking. But I think that you and I are going to have to do a very amusing podcast, and I will spill the beans my reaction because I don't think, you know, Dad didn't tape it or anything. So, yeah, I would love to do that. I love you so much, Carly. What a great week. Love you so much. Love you, John Stamos. See you next week. Bye, honey bun. <laughs>